Any views and opinions expressed are those of the authors and or participants and do not necessarily reflect the views, policy, or position of the Rheumatology and Arthritis Learning Network or HMP Global, its employees and affiliates. Welcome to this podcast from the Rheumatology and Arthritis Learning Network. I'm your host, Priyam Bora, and today we are talking with Dr. Tate Johnson. Dr. Johnson is an assistant professor in the Department of Internal Medicine, Rheumatology and Immunology with the University of Nebraska College of Medicine. Today, we are going to discuss his research on the development of aortic stenosis among patients with rheumatoid arthritis. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Excited to be here. <laughs> I understand that there is already an established association between rheumatoid arthritis and ischemic cardiovascular disease. But not much is known about the link between RA and aortic stenosis. Is this what prompted your research? Yeah, you're right. So, you know, historically, I think it's been well recognized that patients with RA, you know, cardiovascular disease is the most frequent cause of death in RA. And I think one of the most sort of studied manifestations of cardiovascular disease in RA really has been ischemic cardiovascular disease or coronary artery disease, which is probably the most frequent cause of cardiovascular disease. So rightfully so. Um, we uh, recently actually conducted a um, analysis in a similar cohort of patients with RA looking at sort of specific causes of cardiovascular disease mortality to look at, you know, in addition to ischemic heart disease, what other things are sort of causing this, you know, mortality gap that we're seeing in patients with RA. And we were actually surprised to find in that analysis that valvular heart disease was perhaps one of the more overrepresented, so not the most frequent, but more overrepresented causes of cardiovascular disease-related death in our in patients with RA. And so, you know, valvular heart disease has been described as an extraarticular manifestation in RA. There's been some cross-sectional imaging studies, small case series in the passive suggested this, um, but really no large sort of epidemiologic studies to look at the risk of, you know, valvular heart disease or valvular heart disease-related outcomes. And you know, there's been some, you know, increased Increasingly, there's been an understanding that, um, you know, what we used to maybe think of, you know, in the case of aortic stenosis as more of a degenerative process, there's been sort of this increased understanding that there may be an inflammatory component to that, um, both in some non-RA human studies, as well as some interesting, you know, mouse models of autoimmune arthritis, um, where these these mice with autoimmune antibody-mediated arthritis actually develop sort of an inflammatory valvular carditis. So kind of putting all that together is kind of what prompted, you know, our motivation to, you know, want to look at the risk of aortic stenosis, which is, you know, one of the more common causes of valvular heart disease, you know, surgery and valvular heart disease-related death in the U.S., where they're burdensome condition. So that's what prompted us to want to kind of look at this on a larger scale. Right. Would you describe your study? Yeah. So, you know, this study was using national VA data. It's a really large data set. We created a cohort of about 70,000 patients with RA and matched them to non-RA controls. And there are about 700,000 controls in our study. Um, this was an administrative data set. And so we used diagnostic and procedure codes to identify aortic stenosis outcomes. So, we identified aortic diagnoses in the inpatient and then outpatient setting. 
Um, we also um, examined for or identified aortic uh, valve-related interventions. So this would be like surgical aortic valve replacement and then transcatheter aortic valve replacement. And many of those we actually linked with Medicare data outside of the VA because many of those procedures occur outside of the VA. So we spent some time kind of linking with these other data sources to ensure that we are capturing all of these events. And then we also identified AR related death with linkage to the National Death Index. So once we kind of identified those events, we basically excluded any patients who had valvular heart disease before the start date of our study. And then we examined the risk of aortic stenosis related to RA status, and we accounted for, you know, many of our traditional cardiovascular disease risk factors, including things like, you know, body mass index, smoking status, comorbidity burden. Um, and then we also adjusted our analyses for the frequency of healthcare utilization. So we know patients with RA are going to be seen by healthcare providers more often, just sort of with the nature of RA treatment. And oftentimes in studies that can lead to what we call detection bias, um, where they just may be more you know, likely to get an echocardiogram for other reasons and then detect their aorces. So we kind of accounted for that um, by adjusting for the frequency of healthcare uh, utilization. Um, and so after this analysis where we looked at RA related to non-RA patients and the risk of AS in um, RA patients, we then restricted two patients with RA to sort of explore sort of risk factors, you know, RA related risk factors and how those might predict AS onset amongst patients with RA. Right, right. And what did you find? Yeah, so in our initial analyses where we're looking at patients with RA and their risk of uh, AS compared to non-RA patients, we did find that AS was you know, more occurred more frequently than in patients without RA, and that was statistically significant. And so, um, in our in our adjusted models, um, we found that uh, patients with RA were at a forty-eight or nearly fifty percent increased risk of our composite AS outcome. So that's you know any inpatient outpatient diagnosis procedure or AS related death. Um, we found that patients were also at a higher risk of perhaps more severe aortic valve disease, um, you know, in the sense that they were at a over 30% increased risk of undergoing an aortic valve intervention, and then, you know, 25% increased risk of AS-related uh, death. Um, and then, you know, we performed several sensitivity analyses where we found that, um, you know, they, these findings were, you know, robust to sensitivity where we stratified by healthcare utilization, restricted based on age um, and, and such. So. so you mentioned age, gender, race. So did you find that these demographic factors also were associated with the risk of developing aortic stenosis? Any specific trends that you noticed? Yeah, yeah. And, and so in our analyses where we, when we restricted the patients with RA to sort of look at specific risk factors of um, for aortic stenosis, we did, we did see some signals as far as um, some of those risk factors you're mentioning. So age obviously is one of the biggest risk factors for aortic stenosis. And so um, we did find that that, you know, older age was definitely associated with AS. We also found that um, so obesity was in, was uh, associated with an increased risk, and we saw some, you know a bit of a dose dependent response where higher BMI categories at baseline were associated with a higher risk of aortic stenosis. Um, and then in our you know analyses you know looking at RA related risk factors, um, we the things we're looking at so 
we were looking at whether seropositivity, so um, positive like rheumatoid factor, anti-CCP. Uh, we looked at whether, you know, an elevated ESR or CRP measurement of baseline, as well as specific, you know, glucocorticoid or conventional BMR or biologic BMR use, whether there was any association between um, those at baseline and AS risk. And we didn't find any association between, you know, seropositivity status and aortic stenosis. What we did find was that patients with a higher um, you know, ESR, CRP, or baseline were at a modestly increased risk of AS. And then we also found that patients who had been uh, received either glucocorticoids or a biologic um, DMARD at baseline um, were at higher risk or high, an association seen between that and aortic stenosis. And really what we think that that suggests, rather than any specific sort of treatment effect necessarily, um, what we think that suggests is that these are likely patients with more severe rheumatoid arthritis. And so those patients with more severe rheumatoid arthritis are also more likely to be on steroids, more likely to be on biologics. Um, and so we think that that likely sort of explains this um, uh, association and sort of suggests that perhaps more severe rheumatoid arthritis uh, pretends a higher risk of AS. So should the risk of developing aortic stenosis be kept in mind before the doctor prescribes certain medications or drugs? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I Our paper couldn't really get at that. You know, if you're going to sort of try and invoke any really treatment-related side effects, you kind of need like a specifically designed pharmacoepidemiologic study where you're following sort of medication use over time. And we really didn't do that in our study. Um, really what we're able to find we're just looking at these things at baseline. So we think much more that, you know, in this, the association seen between medication use and AS in our study is probably more so explained by what we would say is like sort of a confounding by indication. Again, meaning that patients with severe RA are more likely to be receiving these drugs. Thus, that sort of explains that association. From our study, I wouldn't, you know, make any conclusions that uh, that a rheumatologist should worry about specific medication use, DMARDs, and and you know AS risk. Of course, we know, you know, I think it's well established as far as the adverse effects of glucocorticoids and cardiovascular risk, and you know, plausibly, you know, could that increase sort of uh, cardiovascular risk over time, which might include valvular heart disease. Maybe. Um, I don't think our study necessarily get, get, gets at that, but, you know, I think all of us kind of understand that our, you know, our goal is to minimize group corticoids when able. Um, is it common for patients with an autoimmune disease to be genetically predisposed to developing cardiovascular com complications? Yeah, so... The genetic part is interesting, um, you know, as far as, you know, looking at some of the you know, genome-wide association studies that are becoming increasingly uh, more interesting. I don't know if anyone's necessarily gotten to the point where, you know, we have delved into that in the RA world and identified sort of these specific sort of genetic uh, predisposition amongst patients with RA. What we do know kind of broad, more broadly speaking in autoimmune conditions is that it's just a state of chronic inflammation. And over time, I think we've understood that there is this sort of, you know, systemic inflammatory burden in these diseases and an inflammatory mechanism for ischemic heart disease, heart failure. And so that sort of 
chronic systemic inflammation, I think, is kind of where, you know, we really sort of understand has is predisposing these patients to cardiovascular disease complications. Okay, so patients with mild RA versus severe RA, are they all at the same level of risk of developing aortic stenosis? Yeah, so again, I think our we think our data suggests that. So um, this is a really this is a large epidemiologic sort of administrative database study, and so the things we were able to look at is you know the a measure of systemic inflammation, so a sed rate or CRP, as well as sort of making some of these conclusions based on the type of treatment patients were receiving. So those were kind of the surrogates for severity of RA disease activity, which in our analysis we think suggests that more severe RA might be associated with a higher risk of aortic stenosis. In this study, we weren't able to follow the like, specific RA disease activity measures. So our clinical RA disease activity assessment, like the DAS-28, we don't have any longitudinal assessment of that in the study. So we can't you know, specifically get at these different RA disease activity severity categories and how they influence AS risk. Um, but we, you know, I think, that that would be our hypothesis, but certainly needs further study. So just out of curiosity, is checking for aortic complications currently a standard practice when diagnosing or treating patients with rheumatoid arthritis? Yeah, no, I don't there's not really any widely adopted, you know, screening strategies in general for any cardiovascular disease complication when patients are diagnosed with RA. Um, you know, I think it's something we educate our patients on. We of course sort of, you know, focus on, you know, the sort of evidence-based practices that we would in, in many other patients as far as um cardiovascular disease risk factor, you know management, but no accepted practices as far as screening for aortic stenosis at this time. Would you be able to recommend any specific cardiovascular disease markers that should be routinely monitored to uncover underlying cardiovascular complications? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question. And I think, and especially in, with, in, amongst folks that are interested in sort of cardiovascular disease research and RA, I think that's almost sort of the holy grail of figuring out what's the best risk stratification strategy in patients with RA. Um, we know that, you know, the risk calculators that are most commonly used in the general population tend to underestimate cardiovascular risk in patients with RA. But we really haven't, there hasn't been any sort of development of a widely accepted risk calculator that is, you know, more accurate. And so I think that's continually an, an area um, of research need is to identify either, you know, what's the risk stratification strategy or biomarker. I think at this juncture, really, it sort of boils down to ensuring that we're educating patients on their risk of cardiovascular disease and being very cognizant of, you know, more, you know, aggressively speaking to them about lifestyle, modifiable, you know, risk factor modification, whether it's lifestyle like smoking, um, right, routine exercise, and then just ensuring that primary care providers and rheumatologists are working together to make sure things like, you know, those, uh, you know, modifiable risk factors like high blood pressure, um, you know, lipid screening, uh, diabetes are all, all are all managed aggressively. I think oftentimes in patients with RA, at least in, in my experience, when we're seeing them so frequently, oftentimes sort of identify their rheumatologist as their primary care provider. And so I think that the rheumatologist has to some, to, to some extent take ownership of that and at least communicate with a primary care provider 
um, and making sure that these sort of uh, these these things are being done. Do you have any plans to expand this to a broader study? Yeah, so I think um, to your question before as to how does the severity of rheumatoid arthritis disease activity, you know, influence uh, aortic stenosis, I think that's an area of interest for us. We have a, a prospective cohort that uh, in the VA where we do have a large population of patients with longitudinal disease activity measures. And so those are some findings that uh, we'll be presenting actually at the ACR um, convergence this year, um, looking at how does disease activity sort of predict um, aortic stenosis risk. And then I think one of the other areas of interest is sort of, you know, as, as we think that, you know, valvular heart disease, is perhaps a bit of an under-recognized cardiovascular disease complication in RA, um, what we found in our prior work is that you know, while, while cardiovascular risk is improving over time, there is sort of a, still a persistently increased risk. And, you know, some of that is explained by things like heart failure um, and other cardiovascular disease manifestations. And so one of, you know, one of my interests would be is how does valvular disease sort of contribute or potentially explain some of this persistent um, cardiovascular disease risk that we're seeing in patients with RA? That's all for my questions. Anything you would like to add is something I forgot, maybe. No, I, I think that's that's great. I think we covered a lot of, you know, great information here. You know, I think that I think our take home from this study is really that, you know, for the rheumatologist, I guess, seeing a patient in clinic, it's kind of just, you know, being aware that valvular heart disease is amongst these cardiovascular disease complications. There's been interesting studies in the past that have shown that patients with RA are, you know, maybe less likely to present with what we would say are classic symptoms of heart disease, whether it's ischemic heart disease or heart failure. Oftentimes, it's easy to sort of mistake some of the symptoms of aortic stenosis, like exercise intolerance or, you know, shortness of breath, um, lightheadedness for perhaps deconditioning related to a person's articular disease. So when you're hearing that, not just attributing all of those symptoms to articular disease, but having sort of a high index of suspicion to, to think about cardiovascular disease complications, including AS, perform a careful exam, think about echocardiographic screening when you feel it's indicated, so... Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, Dr. Johnson. Once again, for our listeners, that was Dr. Tate Johnson explaining how patients with rheumatoid arthritis are at a higher risk of developing aortic stenosis and the subsequent risks of aortic valve interventions and aortic stenosis-related death. Thank you, Dr. Johnson. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.